This is Great Disturbances, a Star Wars podcast. Each week, hosts Rich and Paul discuss Star Wars media, no matter what form it takes. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. This is Paul. And this is Rich. And we are today discussing the comic adaptation of the second book of Timothy Zahn's seminal Thrawn trilogy, Dark, Dark Force, Force Rising. Rising. <laughs> I was like, I was like, shit, is it Last Command? No, it's Dark Force Rising. Wait a minute. But I was, I, see, I, I, this, this was like, that was like 12 milliseconds too long for a d- dramatic pause. And it, and, it, and it read right into, ooh, he's confused. He doesn't know what he's going to say next, does he? Which means, which means, by the way, you should not edit that pause out. Do you want right? me to... Do you want no, me don't, to? No, don't edit it out. Leave it in that long, as I okay. took to, to to come up with it because it because it explains why I'm talking like about this right now, like this, right? Is that I was <laughs> I was not pausing for I was not pausing as a speech flourish. I was pausing because I was like, wait, which one is it? Is it Dark Force? Um, <laughs> well, at least at least at least you don't do my my patented thing, which is uh, <laughs> uh yeah. That all edit out. Although the listeners wouldn't know that because you masterfully edit many <laughs> of the uhs. Maybe most of them? I don't know. I try to leave a couple in there so it sounds natural. Just <laughs> I'm cutting this whole thing out. I don't want people to know what I'm fucking doing. But in oh, fact, most, mostly people, you don't know this, but Paul isn't really a person. I've constructed his voice out of uh, Mr. Rogers and um, was it Wayne Gretzky, I think? Mr. Rogers <laughs> and Wayne Gretzky. In a wouldn't very be, similar fashion to uh, <laughs> Stephen Stephen Hawking's talking computer. Wouldn't that be funny if you mashed up Mr. Rogers and Wayne Gretzky? It did sound like me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it would probably, if I was doing it, it would probably sound more like Chef when he came back from the dead on South Park. Oh, yeah. or like, hello, children. <laughs> so, we are reviewing the comic book adaptation of Dark Force Rising, the second novel in. Timothy Zahn's seminal, as I said, Thrawn trilogy. As per usual, our amazing Rich has prepared a fantastic summary of the material that we're doing today. I apologize in advance because I think Paul's maybe like, I think you're, I think you're overselling it. Uh, this is not my favorite one that I've ever written. Okay. Uh, okay, everyone. Undersell uh, it. Undersell it for me. Everyone strap in for a garbage summary. <laughs> Here's a piece Hast- of shit that Rich wrote. <laughs> Hastily slapped together on the toilet by Rich Davenport. <laughs> Almost literally. After his defeat at the Sluice Van, I don't know how to say that. Is it Sluice Van? Shipyards? Did you did you write that whole bit down there? Or are you just are you in? Are you like are you like vamping on top of your <laughs> I'm reading it. I'm reading it. No, but no, I don't know what I mean is that, what I mean, did you write down is that how you pronounce Sluice Van? Is it? Like these like it'd be funny if you scripted your asides as well you know what I, mean? I have i have um i i do the i do the summaries for the other podcasts that i do with jen mm-hmm. and and i do put in like asides in that like oh okay uh, yeah well, yeah so i do that and i think i don't know if there is one in here or not but i think i i think i might have put a little flourish like that in there ladies anyway, and gentlemen to- hold on to your seats for an, an amazing aside somewhere inside this Summary. See if you can figure this, out where it is. This shitty summary from Rich. <laughs> After their defeat at the Sluice Van shipyards, Thrawn and crew heads to Merker? I don't know how to pronounce that it's, either. It's technically it's Merfor. Yeah. Like Mike Milner. To enlist the help of Talon Card in an effort to find the location of the Katana fleet of dreadnoughts. Card is soon captured and Mara Jade faces off against Thrawn in an effort to free him. Thrawn agrees as long as Mara can get the location of the Dark Force fleet from Card. Thrawn double-crosses her and takes Card prisoner again, but Mara doesn't let on that she's a double agent. She finds the location of Mad Jedi Joris Sabaoth and heads out to recruit Luke to help her free Card for once and for all. Luke, of course, has been studying the Jedi teachings of the Mad Jedi Joris Sabaoth, learning the ancient Jedi skill of dispute meditation or mediation. Luke is unaware of Sabaoth's madness, but it starts to dawn on him that something isn't quite right with this old Something's not quite right. Yeah. This all comes to a head with a battle pitting Luke and Mara against Sabaoth, in which they defeat him handily with a little help from R2, who pilots Luke's X-Wing. 
Luke and Mara then infiltrate the Chimera and free Card, stealing back the Millennium Falcon in the process in a very Death Star New Hope fashion. Meanwhile, Lando and Han continue their search for the spy Delta Source, believed to be one of Senator Philia's advisors. Thalia? I think Thalia? I've been, in my head I've been saying Thalia. Yeah. When I was when I first read these books back in the nineties, early nineties, I just put, I just mushed it all together and said Fela, which doesn't make any sense, but Whatever. That's the, that's the dumbest motion I've ever that's, heard. I know, life. it's terrible. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> the smuggler buddies team up with General Bell Iblis and invite him to join the New Republic, but he doesn't want to do that because he hates Mon Mothma for some reason. Leia, re, Leia visits the Nogri, as promised, and ends up recruiting them all to the New Republic because it turns out that the Empire has actually been poisoning all their food sources and blaming it on the New Republic in an effort to force fealty from the Nogri. Card's old superior gave Thrawn the location of the Dark Force fleet. And Card gives the location to the Republic. To he, the Republic. To the Republic! <laughs> A battle ensues when the, with the Katana fleet in the balance. Mara joins the, the fight in an X-Wing, but is shot down and has to eject, which I've never heard of before, in an X-Wing in space. But what Eject. Else? Get out in space. Right. Yeah, you'll be safer out there. Han and Luke infiltrate the Katana flagship of their old Republic fleet. The named ship Katana, not the Katana fleet. The Katana of the Katana fleet. We're on the it's same page. The, right, it's the, the uh, ship named uh, the to, Katana. To be clear, there is a dreadnought whose, whose name is Katana, right. for which the fleet is named. Right. Thus it is the Katana of Katana. The Katana of the Katana fleet. Uh, when it becomes clear that the Republic won't be able to win control of the Dreadnoughts, they try to destroy them all, but Thrawn managed to get a control of a large portion of them. After the battle, the Republic discovers that the Empire is back to their old cloning ways, which means back they're growing a new... cloning bullshit. Yeah, back to that shit. So, uh, there means they're growing a new army to man their newly captured Dreadnoughts. Speaking of the Empire, on board the Chimera, Sabaoth proclaims himself free of Empire rule and insists that the Jedi will rule again. Which doesn't sound very Jedi to me. Which doesn't, yeah. The, which was like, d again, did they ever rule? I don't, I don't think know, they don't ever think they did. did. I don't think they did. And this this Jedi mediation stuff was bizarre, man. Yeah, sort Luke's of like, hold up, <laughs> like, okay. So here's the. Th here, I, I kind of like the idea. No, I do too. The like because that's one of the things. If you if you look at how the Jedi were talked about in some of the, in, like in the prequel films too, yeah. you get the sense that like the Jedi going around and like stepping in between people who are fighting was basically one of the things that they did. They were sort of the, <laughs> you know how Michael Scott is like, has the negotiation, the win, win, win manual, <laughs> you know, the Jedi were basically <laughs> that of the Republic. Right. You know? Right. My big problem with this whole thing is that anybody can demand a Jedi like mediate, you know, what's going on. So like in theory, let's say like the Jedi's taking like a dump. Maybe he had like space Taco Bell or something. And he's, taking a, <laughs> he's taking a real fierce shit. And like some dude just bursts in the bathroom. He's like, oh, I require the services of the Jedi. You have to like wipe and go and just hope you don't shit yourself <laughs> on the way. Or can you just finish up and be like, I'll come go find another Jedi or something. I don't I think, I think the standard way to do that is to, declare the your your first judgment is that i declare i must finish my poop <laughs> and then you can and then just it, you know then you can then once you move on you to the judgment yeah. of the situation yeah i mean i don't even know if space taco bell's a thing so i don't know if that's going to be a no. problem or not but you know i don't either so. like like <laughs> that far into the into the past future um <laughs> like you'd hope that if it sort of solved at least some of the gastrointestinal issues that Taco Bell <laughs> has, you know? Yeah. So uh, hopefully. Yeah. Um, so, so what did you think of the new artist? The new artist, uh, Terry Dodd? This, this artist was so good, dude. Yeah. I loved this art. Just, this is just like one of the other things we read. Oh, when, when we did the redemption arc yeah. of Tales of the Jedi, the yeah. art in that, just in that, two or three or however many issues that was five or six, yeah. whatever it was, that art was so much better than the other art in that collected set of collections. Right. 
that it was it made a difference Mm -hmm. like and it made a difference like i i definitely so we we did air to the empire when we did that series if i recall correctly one of my problems was the art yeah that one yeah and and this time i didn't have that same problem i also enjoyed this set of books more than the air of the empire set too okay and i thought to myself now did i enjoy it solely because the art was so much better or were there other factors there and now so what I, one of the things i thought was because as i recall one of the problems i had with the first one was also the the pacing was off the pacing was weird it was too jumpy for comics yeah. you know yep. this one i think had a better did a better job of that i think yeah. this set of books did not have that same jump it didn't it didn't a couple of spots it had, in a couple did of it? spots okay. it was a little jumpy but it wasn't it wasn't as like everywhere as like was prolific in the first arc. Did the same did the same writer do the writing of these two? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mike Barry. Uh-huh. Yep. I think what his problem is he's 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 like he's got to take this novel that is just voluminous, not in yeah. the page count, but like the amount of information that's in those pages yeah. is there's a lot. I mean there's a it's, ton of information. These these definitely are so there's the next series, the Jedi Academy trilogy, I think. Yeah. Kevin J. Anderson. Yep definitely is somehow less information dense mm-hmm. than these. Yeah. More action in those and less yeah. like, less like world building. I feel like this yeah. is a lot of world building and a lot of like geopolitics type stuff going on as well. But which, in a good way, in a good yeah, way, in a, very in good a much, way, yeah. much better than prequels. Yeah, definitely yeah. way better than prequels. Yeah. So like for me, I think the thing is, or from my perspective was kind of, he had to pick and choose what he was going to put in that six issue arc. Cause you know, dark horse only gave him oh, six yeah. issues to do it. So he had yeah. to go in and kind of edit out what he's going to do. It's kind of like taking a first draft of a screenplay and having to cut it down to 90 minutes from two and a half hours. You know, it's like, okay, well, I don't know how I'm going to do that, but here we go. You know? Okay. Maybe sure, Mr. Spielberg, I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe he had, I mean, maybe he kind of had his legs under him a little bit more with this this time around there, there were only like i said there were only a couple of times where it jumped one of them i think was han and lando taken off where the heck were they that coral reef planet yeah the coral reef planet. they're was... like yeah they were like oh we got to get out of here and they like like one panel is then we got to get out of here and the next panel is like them sitting down with like fela and my mothma and, and they're like boy, boy glad we got out of there <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, like oh shit was that like next door what the hell <laughs> like yeah like it it was it was that like that was like the one jump that i really that was really jarring it was jarring. everything else yeah yeah everything else was was fine you know everything else worked out just fine i think when i if i remember correctly when i read these books this one was my favorite of the three mm. Just because it had like the Death Stars type stuff going on. Yeah. So uh, one thing I like about these books, and this actually goes for all of the now Legends books that we've read on the in the course of this podcast, is that they have the little Disney Disney slash Lucasfilm puts a timeline in the front of all these books. Oh yeah. Yep. And that's nice. I like that because mm-hmm. because this, just, like knowing that this is nine years after the battle of Yavin right. helps you sort of cement kind of like, okay, so this is like five years after return of the Jedi. Right. You know what I mean, like you, you kind of have this sense of where things could be. You yeah. Know? Still a very fledgling Republic. Yeah. And, you know. Luke still like, what's a Jedi again? You know, kind right. of that thing. Yeah. Not the experienced Jedi master that you'll see later. Even in the expanded universe books, the original expanded universe yeah. books, this is this is very much still very still, green. Yeah, green, green Luke. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah it it was interesting, and I, and I remember loving the character of Mara Jade, and this book doesn't change that for me at all. No, um, literally, literally, one line of my notes here is Mara Jade. What a great character! Right. Like she's a, she's kind of a rogue Jedi, right? Or did she have she had some Jedi training? Or she, what was? The... I don't think she had any Jedi training. No, did she? I don't think she did. I think she was think picked. She I think she was picked up by the Emperor. The okay. Emperor knew that she had Force talent. Gotcha. In in some degree, and so he became one of her. She became one of his, like Force underlings. Right. So not like Dark Lord, like Vader, right? 
the hand of the emperor. emperor. He had the hand. And I think, I think the implication is that she thinks she was the only one, but I think there were more than one hand of the emperor. Right. Right. So she thinks she was like a special in that way, but I don't think that was the case. Yeah. I think there was more than one hand of the emperor. She was also a dancer (laughs) at Jabba's palace years ago. Uh, Dancer at Jabba's Palace. How do right. you? How do you get that? She was probably a spy at the time, but yeah, I was thinking that. I was thinking that it makes more sense that there would be these other like force attendants to kind of help hunt down the, you know, the Jedi that escaped Order sixty six or whatever, mm-hmm. because it it would make more sense in a huge universe for more Jedi to have escaped. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think. I, you know, I, I I love the idea that there are there there is this potential out there for more escaped Jedi, right? Yeah, which probably explains why I like that Fallen Order game so much. Oh yeah, because yeah. I mean, you're talking about a a Padawan that escaped the culling, and you know, yeah. he's kind of been hiding. You know, they're and hiding he, he, all over. He himself place. he himself runs into two other Jedi. Right. So like, so, that's one of those things too. Is that like it's that's actually kind of a convenient thing, yeah. in terms of in terms of. Post Order sixty six, especially in like all of the media since that that since that was the thing in Revenge of the Sith, there's no like official tally of how many died and were left of right. the Jedi. So you can always pull a Jedi out of your ass if you need to, <laughs> if you're post Order sixty six, because you can just be like, oh, it was Master Flibbity Gibbet from the <laughs> who was in who was in the outer rim at the time, you know, investigating. Uh, peace negotiation of the fucking, I don't know, whatever, right? Who can, there's always, you can always pull a new Jedi out of there because there's no, right. there's no like Jedi baseball card tops list or whatever, you know? <laughs> you can't like go, you can't do the thing like, like when, you, when, when they did the Days of Future Past yeah, and they have the like, crosses over the, or the X's over the picture, like the wanted picture right. with all the mutants and then the X's right. over the ones they'd gotten. Yeah. There's not, there's, there, there's no that for Jedi. There's not a Jedi bingo card. There's not a Jedi now, bingo card. Now there, now <laughs> bingo. <laughs> so, so except that, except that we know that there are Jedi super fans out there. At least there were in the old Republic. So maybe there were Jedi super fans in the newer, newer Republic. Jedi remember that guy fans. that fall? Fo- yeah, remember that guy that was following around like? Uh, oh yeah, in the redemption fo- arc. Yeah, that fucking right. guy. If anybody was going to have Jedi baseball cards, it was going to be that motherfucker. That guy would have the. Yeah, <laughs> that dude would have. That dude would Jedi have the Mace Window, Mace Window rookie card. You know, right? <laughs> and Mace Window's holding up his bat, right? Oh yeah. Oh, except he's. Like, except Mace Window is like four thousand years after him, but still. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. You know what I mean. Maybe his he'd maybe he the, maybe he <laughs> he'd have the Noe Sunrider rookie card, you know. Right, yeah. right, right. He yeah, he's like, yeah, and like his grandkid they need to make a story about that guy's great 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 grandkids <laughs> who like find his baseball card collection or his Jedi card collection and be like, Oh, I gotta figure it out. They take it they'd to like, like <laughs> they'd be like, Oh, that's why great grandpa blah is so weird, you know, or whatever. <laughs> they take it they take the cards to like the Jedi pawn stars people <laughs> and they're like i can give you 500 credits for this one but that's a nomi sunrider rookie card i'm sorry man 500 is all yeah, i can it's, do it's all scuffed up though it's yeah, not, it's it's not meant <laughs> <laughs> so anyway i i i do like the idea of there being like rogue jedi out there more 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 rogue jedi because we talked about this last was it last episode probably last episode we talked about this a lot but the the, uh, the enormity of the universe right yeah so you could have jedi in one quadrant that don't know what the fuck is happening in the other yeah quadrants, i know. You know like the like so you'd think that there would be more of them because like the the order 66 was only Jedi that were, I mean, Jedi were attacked by the clone soldiers around them, right? So any right. Jedi so who were not in the Clone Wars wouldn't have been wouldn't have, affected. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Unless we're to assume that all the Jedi were involved in the Clone Wars. I don't uh, see, that also assumes an accounting of that that I don't think exists. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, there's no, like, nobody was keeping a roster of all the 10,000 Jedi that were around. <laughs> You know. They didn't have a Jedi human resources to keep track of that. 
Yeah, go to Jedi Human if, Resources. If, if you have a problem with Master Yoda, you have to go report to the Human Resources, <laughs> you know? File <laughs> a complaint. Master Yoda said some snarky thing about me. Master I'm a, Yoda. I'm a Twi'lek and <laughs> he keeps calling me a Twi'lek Jedi instead of just Jedi. Master I know Yoda, what he means by that. Master Yoda force groped me. <laughs> Master Yoda force groped me. Oh, oh God. God. That's good stuff. Good stuff. So Thrawn is 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 a badass i like him my question you my question to you richard yeah who's the greatest villain in all star wars oh god okay my gut says darth vader like my instant my insta reaction is darth vader Uh and and i don't know why just probably because you know i mean he's on screen for all the 12 minutes in a new hope yeah but we still had this lasting impression, right? Like he yep. still is the thing that you pull out of that. Like, holy fuck, there's this dude in this black battle armor and he has this laser sword. He can just, he can like choke you with his bare hands and lift you yeah. off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's kind of like, but the, so, I mean, that could just be the first impression having that effect on me, right? Everything effect sure. on my, my decision. So, yeah. If I think about it, I would say Thrawn is up for debate. Yeah. Who do you feel is the greatest villain? In- I kind of have a debate that is actually Thrawn and Vader myself. Okay. And the debate goes, I think it kind of goes along the lines of they're so great in their own ways. What is the criteria that you would use to, to judge the best villain in all Star Wars, right? As villains go, I would argue Thrawn is more successful than Vader. Oh yeah. In doing things right. Cause Vader, Vader is kind of like sort of weirdly unsuccessful at things, <laughs> yeah. you know, like if you think about it in the, in the films and he, the, so Vader's first appearance, he gets his ass kicked by Obi-Wan Kenobi and gets his space station blown up. I was talking about revenge of the Sith. Oh, Oh, you're talking about timeline wise. Oh yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So okay. Vader, Vader in, in the film, the film conception of Vader's the chronology. Vill- villainy, gotcha. yeah. Gotcha. Film chronology. Vader's first appearance, he gets his ass kicked by Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. Vader's second appearance, Obi-Wan, he, he, he defeats Obi-Wan, but not really, because <laughs> Obi-Wan accomplishes what he was trying to do. Right. Then he then Vader fails to take out Luke Skywalker, right. and the, Luke blows up the Death Star. <laughs> yeah. Then Vader fails to capture Luke Skywalker in... Empire Strikes Back. Multiple times. Multiple times. Then in Return of the Jedi, Vader gets Luke in front of the Emperor, but like that falls apart too. Right. Because, because first, Luke defeats him, chops right. his hand off, yep. and then he does a thing that is not villainous after that. He right. throws the Emperor in the, in the, in the not-death pit. <laughs> right? So... So at no point is Vader, Vader has this, this imposing quality to his character, the right. presence, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but as a villain, he's not very successful in villainy, <laughs> no. As, you, no, as I think about it. He's, he's kind of the star scream of the Star Wars <laughs> universe. Villain roll call. Yeah. Whereas Thrawn, I think, is a little more successful in his villainy, I think. I mean, ultimately, he is defeated, of course. Right. right. Yeah. But along the way, he seems more competent and successful at his at his pl- plans and plots. Right. Yeah. Do want to? I do want to at some point see like the Rebels episodes where Thrawn is. Where involved. Thrawn is there? Yeah. yeah. And I've got the first book in the new Thrawn trilogy. Mm. I'd like to read that at some point, but I mm-hmm. haven't had time to do all kinds of other crap. But but the but both Thrawn and Darth Vader have things that make them have more depth to them than say somebody like Darth Sidious, Emperor Palpatine. Emperor Palpatine just blasts evil power into the world, right? He's like, as far as, as far as success in his villainy, there's no question that Sidious is the most successful villain. Right. 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 He rules, he rules the galaxy. Or whatever part of the galaxy the Empire represents for decades. Right. 
You know what I mean? And, and he then successfully, he cheats death too. He, he success, yeah, he successfully works his way from whatever nothing thing he was on Naboo all the way up to being Chancellor of the Republic all yep. through his like twisty turning machinations becomes the Emperor of the, of the Old Republic for decades. Yeah. Um, survives death. <laughs> <laughs> creates creates <laughs> Snoke and all this kind of stuff to write. So like right. Darth Sidious is the most successful but there's no dimension to him, right? right? He's he's like scheming and evil and powerful the whole time. Whereas Darth Vader, even though the prequels suck, Darth Vader's story is like heartbreaking. Yeah. And like they give him a, a relatively valid motivation to do what he did. They give him they give him things to emote about in the new or in the original trilogy, like finding his son, sure. turning, turning back to the light, all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Vader, Vader tugs in your heartstrings more. Thrawn right. has the depth of like, Thrawn is not just like, Oh, you displeased me. I'm going to like flay your skin from your bones. Right. right. He also has that thing where he like, he doesn't come from, I have the overwhelming power advantage here and I will, simply overwhelm you he's got that sort of that tactical genius he uses mm-hmm. uses the cult the art of whatever culture as like his lens of like figuring out how to defeat them yes you know, yeah he like, does that in this too he does cool, that in this one like, such yeah. a cool touch yeah. to to him and he has this relationship with with captain pelion that right. is like that is there's no there's no malice there you know mm-hmm. what i mean there's no there's no like the, because between the emperor and vader there's always this like i could kill you yeah don't don't cross me vader i will kill right. you whatever you know like there's that there yeah there's none of that between thrawn and pelion uh-uh. there's, no, and there's in a fact, structure there's admiration later there's admiration yeah. yeah and there's 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 no there's none of that that stuff and so thrawn has this thing where you're like man if if he had just been part of the rebellion like wouldn't that have been awesome he would have made a great rebel leader yeah against the against the empire you know all this stuff thrawn gives you that sense of like he's not doing the things he's doing because of just like a growing evil in his heart that he can't control he's doing like he has depth timothy zahn was brilliant i think in creating thrawn because you you get to see thrawn like see a situation that didn't turn out the way he wanted to and then plot his strategy right in front of you right and then go to it and then yep. continue to like brilliant re- brilliantly respond to yeah. whatever he sees in the in the in the galaxy for his his plans you know and calmly and coolly do it as well yeah he never loses his temper he's just like all right so that's a setback we're gonna do this to counter that you know what i mean like he yeah he just kind of rolls with it and it's almost like a almost like like a very talented prize fighter who knows how to yeah. take the hit and then rebound from it. Yeah. Like take the hit, but it gives you a better position to do the next thing you're doing, right? Whatever, right? right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah. there's, is, there's, is, there, yeah. I, there, for me, there's a powerful argument for Thrawn as the greatest villain. I don't know if he wins, but he's, he's like swapping one and two with Anakin or with Darth Vader. Right. Like right atop my list, both those guys. For the for those character reasons, right? Right. Right. You know? Now, if you read any of the comics that they currently are producing for Darth Vader, they give him a whole lot more depth and a whole lot more he, he has a, he has more wins along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not the big ones, you know, like he's where you see him kind of strategically win like smaller battles to kind of build up his his reputation yeah but, uh, because the first arc takes place after he becomes the suited vader and as he's like kind of taking on like the task of hunting down all these other jedi and and then the second series i meant to say series the first series does the second series that the second series takes place between star wars and, and empire and then this new one currently takes place between Empire and Jedi. And they're doing stuff like before he realizes that Luke is Luke Skywalker, like he's hunting him. But then when he finds him, he actually goes after all the people that knew who he was and kept it from him. So like he's oh. now on this pilgrimage to like go to Naboo and like just 
fake out all the fuckers that knew who Luke was, like trying to find answers to like what really happened to Padme. Was he being lied to the whole time? So you're kind of seeing like him build to like why he turns back a little bit too, you know? Yeah. But yeah. he's getting all these wins along the way. Like the, there's, you know, there's a scene in one of the, it's, it's internet famous now where he says, all, all I see is all I'm surrounded by is fear, fear and dead men. Have you heard this, that line? Oh, you've heard that line somewhere. So it's on Reddit all the time. Reddit likes to post it like six times a day. But that that whole thing was like him taking on like just tons of soldiers and like mauling them all and like coming out unscathed and, you know, like kind of enriches that Vader's badassness of reputation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's there's actually a scene in Rogue One that that will definitely give you Oh, I've heard about that. Yeah. You've heard about that scene. It'll give you chills. It's it's a good scene. Although it kind of belies his really shitty swordsmanship later, but you know, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That that's yeah. The problem with prequels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean I could see I could see Thrawn being the best or Vader be. What if they were like co-best, you know, who knows? I mean, that's, that's kind of what I'm arguing for right now is that I can't, for me, I can't decide because so what Thrawn doesn't have in, in the larger, in the larger sense. Now I haven't seen the rebels stuff, right? but so Vader has these things you're talking about, these comics where he's completely awesome and badass. Right. Vader has also accrued some shitty things too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the, if you if you put all of the things the character appears in into one thing, like you get the good stuff, but there's so much with Vader that you also get some bad stuff. Oh yeah, right. Even though I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the, um, Force Unleashed, the game, the first one. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed yeah. that game. Yeah, Darth Vader in that game, I did not care for. <laughs> yeah, right. That to me, that game sort of weakened the Vader character a little bit. You know. Yeah. Yeah. At least, at least my memory of that. There's this dangerous thing. I think we've talked about this a little bit before too. So, like you said, in, in the in the films, in the in the in the films, the original trilogy, Vader has, or in, in a New Hope, Vader has tw- all of twelve minutes of screen time. Yeah, but it's like the most powerful twelve minutes that a character can have, right? Right. But the more time that you give a character like that on screen, and in games, and saying things, and doing things the more time you have to fuck it up yeah, and make the character like to, to burnish that character a little bit in, yep. in, in not a good way. And, I mean, so this is just like, just like all of our discussions, it, it all, it all comes down to like, which of the myriad things that are produced for either Vader or Thrawn, which do we pick from to sort of build our, to build our case? You know what right. I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, no, I agree. Yeah. There's there's a there's a there's the danger of overexposure. Definitely. I mean, look mm-hmm. at look at Wolverine. God, in the nineties, yeah. Wolverine was fucking everywhere. He was on Diluted every goddamn book. Yeah, yeah, completely dilutes it. He's not he's not as interesting if he's everywhere and he's constantly getting he's backstory. On, like, you know, every X team. Yeah. Yeah. Every X team. He's on the Avengers in the in the early two thousands. Like, wouldn't as that be Bella's being on the X? How does he do it? Wouldn't that be great if like Galactus shows up? And then, like the Avengers and X Force and Excalibur and the X Men all show up, and and Wolverine is on every team. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. There's a Wolverine on each. There's one. a Wolverine on each one. Like, wait a minute. Like, wait a minute. So that's <laughs> Turns how out it was, that's how he's been doing it. <laughs> it was just Jamie Matrix the whole time in a Wolverine <laughs> costume. So I have a question. Yeah. Why? Why did Leia never reclaim the Skywalker name? I th- be- so I think so. If I was Leia, I don't know if I would ever reclaim it either because. Organa is her adopted name, right? right. And for, right. for all intents and purposes, those are her parents. Is Bale and whatever whatever his mother her mother's name, Organa. Shit, I can't think of her. There name was a now. there was a name for the character when we read that short story about yeah. that, but I forgot it. We'll call her Midge. Mid, Bale and Midge Organa. Bale and Midge Organa. The 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 rightful Baron and Baroness of Alderaan or whatever. <laughs> Baroness the, Midge. Organa of Alderaan. Help, my planet's blowing up. <laughs> so pleased to see you all. So, okay, so anyway, so what yeah. I'm saying is, so for the character, like, finding out your Anakin Skywalker's daughter and Luke Skywalker's sister, if I was if I was Leia, I'm not sure I would change my name either. Because, like, even though those are two of the most famous and powerful people to have in your family, 
mm-hmm. like they're not your family yet you know right. like That's bill cool. and midge are your family still <laughs> yeah you know yeah. so like i feel like i would keep the organa name if i was leia but why did Luke never? Why did they never change Luke's last name? See, that's one of those things that's like so stupid to me. Should have been Luke Lars, Luke, right? Right, because 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 like and then he can lay the change. Let's hide name. this. Let's hide this kid. I know. We'll hide him on the same planet his father's from, <laughs> and give him the same last name. Right. And give him to relatives of his mother. That'd be a great way to fight, hide him from his mother, with with whom the dad is actually kind of obsessed, right? Yeah. The so, fuck. Like the the bigger to me, the bigger thing is not why does Leia not yeah. take Luke Skywalker? Is yeah. Why did they name Luke Luke Skywalker? <laughs> it should have been and Luke Lars, and Luke then Lars. later, like he could later if he decides to take that name and like I'm gonna reclaim this name and you yeah, know, yeah. And, and, and make it good again and blah 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 right yeah maybe he did maybe that's kind of part of his character arc right reclaiming yeah. that skywalker name. see because that would almost be cooler that that see that's even though that was kind of hokey at the end of rise of skywalker yeah when nope. ray claims it it also for ray it makes some sense too to claim <laughs> to claim a name ray skywalker what that lady should have been like should have been like there's no ray skywalker who are you really you're like, uh, Ray Palpatine, <laughs> shit. I'm Ray Palpatine, God. Fuck. <laughs> so, but Ray, yeah, Ray right. had no last, Ray had no last name though, right? right. So he, for her, claiming at least one is like, okay, fine, whatever. Yeah. Whereas Leia, Leia already was a member of a family, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. had had a legit adopted family. Hidden, hidden much better from Darth Vader. True. Than Luke Skywalker was. True. Right? Yeah. Um, so okay, so yeah, so that's but it's but it is an interesting question too because she also does, she does go on to like hyphenate her name or, or add solo to her name as well. Well, sure, but I mean that's through marriage. And, that's through marriage. But the bigger thing is that she leans into this daughter of Vader thing. So why is she okay yeah. with Lady Vader but not Skywalker? I I mean that's kind of more of a tool though, right? That's, that's more a tool. of a. I'm uh, just she's a tool. Uh, no, she's not. Lay or the princess of my heart. But yeah. um. Aw. She's not your princess. She's my princess. She's my princess, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's that's more of like a that's that's more of a useful thing to claim. Sure. Right. Sure. In that moment that makes sense too for her. Yeah. Well, I mean for her purposes there on uh, on the Nagari planet, they you know, she they they held Vader up as as kind of like a vener, venerable, you know, yeah. character. Yeah. You know, so yeah. It benefited her to in her which in I, her quests, you know. Which so. I remember more from the novel. There was more. Yeah. There's more telling about that in the novel mm-hmm. of how Vader became not honorable to them, and yeah, that's kind of missed a little bit in the comics here. Yeah. They t- they tell some of it, but it, it's more fleshed out in the books. I mean, which makes sense. The books are have more words to use. To do right. Them. Right. Um, I wonder if they would ever consider redoing these. Now they redid all the adaptations of the original movies wonder if they would ever entertain the idea of readapting each of these books into like 12 issue arcs, like three 12 oh, right. issue arcs, just to kind of really give them be all able to flesh bits. it out, you know, give it, give us everything, I mean, give us would, transitions that make sense. I would totally like dig that. These, yeah. these novels were so great and, yeah. and, and comics are a great medium for, for storytelling too. Yeah. I would, I'd be all for that. I would love that. I mean, you give Mike Barron a chance to get back in there and like kind of flesh out what he kind of get him a chance to add in what he didn't get a chance to add yeah. in this time, you know? Okay, okay, Disney, Lucasfilm, Marvel, yeah. get to it. We know you're listening. And we know you're <laughs> you probably own the platform somehow that we're working on right now. <laughs> One of these days they're gonna buy Podbean and we're actually gonna be Disney like podcasters. I don't know. So okay, Chewbacca. Again with this shit. Are you serious? Yep. I mean, like, what the fuck? Although even... there is one panel that gives him a little bit more than other things do. Right. That's and true. It's this. And you probably know what I'm saying. Yeah. There's a panel where they give Chewie the word bubble of, of like rah, 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 rah. Right. But the narrator bubble says Chewie tells all about the Nogri attack on Kashyyyk yeah. and Leia's agreement to meet the Nogri Kabarak on his homeworld. That's right. 
about the closest thing I've seen so far of like directly the closest thing to directly giving you Chewie's words. Right. Right. It's not mediated through yeah. somebody else saying this walking carpet just said that you guys all went to the thing. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he said, your mother's an ugly. No. Oh. <laughs> you watch robot chicken at all. A few, I've seen a few of them. Yeah. Did you see the robot chicken star Wars episodes? Yeah, really, yeah. Yeah. The one where they have the walrus guy. I can't remember his name. The guy, the walrus tusks at the, at the uh, cantina on Mos Eisley. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where he walks in and he's like talking to him going to talk to Luke and he says something like, Hey, I really like your tunic or I like your hair is, but he's like, he doesn't like you. He's like, what? That's not what I said. He's like, yeah, said. he said he kicked your ass. He's like, Oh, I didn't say that. What oh, are you whoa. talking about? You got a great tunic. Yeah. So I, I, I imagine one day that maybe the, like, they'll be like Chewy. <laughs> Chewy's like, Oh, they're like, Oh, he says your mother smells like Wookiee, but <laughs> right. That'd be like, the greatest no, thing. No, like, I didn't. Chewy has the most, either that or Chewy has the most filthy mouth. Right. Yes. Which is yeah. why you can't. Which yeah. is why you can't translate it because it's all like aristocrat level. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. We talked. We talked about that last. Yeah. Last. Episode. Oh, did we? Okay. Yeah. 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 Shit, that was the. Re- that was the. All uh, right. We're cycling our jokes. Oh shit! No, that was that wasn't even our joke. That was the joke oh. of the uh, the comic book. Uh, the guy that owns the comic book shop that we got the Chewbacca thing from. He's oh. Okay. Guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're the one that said the aristocrats jokes, which I think is hysterical, <laughs> because that would be fucking. That would be great. So uh, what do you feel about R2 piloting an X-Wing? So a couple things. A, of course, that still falls in the bucket of like droids are smart and sharp and can do things, right? Yeah. But also like R2, like, so not only are droids, not only are droids sentient, droids can do a lot of things. Yeah. Nice. By the way, nice touch too. Like pretty smart to have R2 do that too. I thought that was, I thought that was, I thought that was pretty good. When I, when, it, you know, when I first saw the thing, I was like, wow, he's levitating that? I mean, it, remember, it's been decades since I've read these books. So reading the yeah. comics now is almost like reading again, but still, like I remember things you know, here and there. I did not remember <laughs> yeah. R2 being involved in this fight. But thinking to myself that maybe Luke was levitating it, you know? And, and doing oh, that, right. Yeah. It wasn't. It was R2 coming to the rescue. thought that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. Also, uh, um, Leia wielding a lightsaber was pretty fucking cool, too. Yeah. That was very cool. I mean, Leia definitely, like Timothy Zahn did a great job of preserving Leia's badassness. Mm-hmm. Right? From, because, because that's what, God, I just, I love the Leia badassness so much from, from the first moments of A New Hope. Yeah. What a, God, I love that character so much. Yeah. And Timothy Zahn did a great job of preserving that, you know, and mm-hmm. like the pregnancy adds to it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like she's badass and she's like making a baby too, you know what two I mean? Of them. <laughs> two, or yeah, two of them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just doubling up. Like man. it's so like, Leia is oh, Princess Leia. You're the princess of my heart. She's so, <laughs> she's so, she's so cool and smart and like crafty and talented and like I, God, I'm. Do I have a crush on Princess Leia? God, what's wrong with me? I do. Uh, I do. You. The, the answer is yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think that part of the, the love for Princess Leia is also that Carrie Fisher owned that character, you yeah. know? And Man. she was such an outspoken truth teller that, that it was almost hard to separate the two at times. Yeah. One of my, one of my favorite stories of her is that there was um, there was some big controversy when they were reissuing return of the Jedi action figures and they had Leia in the slave girl outfit. Right. Mm-hmm. And she said, and like people wanted it taken off because it like it sexualized Leia. And she's like, it's not like she's in this interview and she said something like, it's not sexualizing me. I would say that what it does is it proved what a badass Leia is because she takes the chains of the people that are that are enslaving her and murders them with it, and then she changes into a regular outfit. Yeah, like fuck yeah, fucking, man. Fuck, yeah. yeah. Leia's a bad. Leia's she's the best. God. <laughs> and so top, like the great thing too, the great thing too about Leia, you know that Leia is eventually you know that Leia is Luke's sister, right. but you don't know or see that Leia has this force talent at all. Right. Right. And yet she still accomplishes these massively awesome things 
in in the films and in the in the universe there yeah right well we do at the end get a little glimpse of it yeah she sorry i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut no no what does she do at the end well after the death star explodes han says something like i sure hope luke wasn't on that thing and she's like oh he wasn't i know he was oh right so So she kind of has this like she kind of has that feeling the the feeling power yeah which is weird that it just kind of shows up after she realizes that she's luke's yeah sister or maybe it's always there and she just now has a way of describing she has a name for it now yeah right she has a name for it now her rise to the senate right because she's she's what is she senator organa she's she's a senator when we enter new a new hope right i thought she was just still the princess wasn't she i thought was she in the senate maybe she wasn't in the senate well let me think about this for a second because i you know the whole script. Well, well when she when first sees the... Vader, she says, when they hear you've attacked, uh, attacked a diplomatic... So she's a diplomat. Well, I mean, that diplomat. could be a princess. A princess can be yeah. that. He calls, her, he calls her your highness, so she's definitely a princess. She's okay, the princess okay. of Alderaan. But he never, he never actually addresses her as senator. But I'm okay. trying to think that, like, uh, she says, um, "She says, uh, I'm here with the Imperial Senate on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan." That might be yeah, where yeah, I, yeah. that might be yeah. where I interpreted that as she was a senator, but maybe not. It's it's entirely possible that she was. I mean, the reason so the reason I say that is because she is the same age as Luke at that time, and Luke is like 18 or something like that, right? Yeah, 19. So yep. she's she's a 19 year old kid who uh, is like on a Senate thing. You know, yeah. a diplomatic senate mission to to whatever, and she she achieves, she becomes one of the like ruling people of the new republic, in her early twenties. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so she clearly, what I'm getting at here is her force talent, her talent for the force. Whether it was was kind of agreeing with what you said that, she she recognizes that feeling at the end of Jedi. She's like, no, he's alive. I can feel it in the force or whatever. Right. But, but she's such a successful person by that point in her life that perhaps her massive success in life is in part, of course, due to her force talent. Right. She, maybe she is having those feelings that tell her what to do or how to work a situation. She just doesn't think to name it as the force until then, until she finds out that she's, like the child of a Jedi, you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, that's where I was going. I was, it took a long time to get there, but that's where I was going with that. So, okay. So let me just, let me just drop into something else here. Cause I yeah, think, what do you got? Cause we've covered a lot of what I wrote down here too. But oh, there's cool. one thing I wanted to, 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 to put out there. One of the reasons I like this, the Thrawn trilogy themselves and these mm-hmm. adaptations so much is we're not in the world of like the people who control the force are just unstoppable indomitable mm-hmm. like the tales of the jedi stuff there's yeah. so much so much of what happens here is like the legwork of common people right or or not not non-jedi non-sith people right? sure yeah doing adventures doing crazy kooky things like all of the characters except for leia luke and sabaoth are not force people there's mara so many great characters or mara yeah yeah but 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 you know Talon Card, Senator Bill Oblis, uh yeah. Admiral Akbar, Han Solo, Chewbacca, like all Thrawn. so many characters, Thrawn, yep. Pelion, all those guys, like none of them are force people. But yeah. the story is doing just as good. The story is doing just as good with them, even though they're not like Jedi stuff, right? Which is yeah. which sort of brings me back to when I was a kid, the thing that I was interested in most as like my sort of fantastical thinking about Star Wars was the Jedi and the Force and stuff like that. Yeah. But what I'm what I'm continuing to sort of grow into is like how great the original trilogy was and then all these materials especially oh, and especially the the novels that we just read too. Yeah. Um, Star's End, right? There's basically no Force there. And it's still a great story. And in this, in this stuff, whenever we're doing Han Solo and Lando and Chewie and like their stuff, there's no force there. Thrawn, right. there's no force there. But right. it's still so great. It's so great. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I love this stuff is that 
the Force and the Jedi and the Sith are not the only thing going on. You right. know, Tales of the Jedi, that's the only thing going on. You know what I mean? Right. Knights of the Old Republic, that's the only thing going on. So many, so much of the material out there in Star Wars is like so Force and Jedi and Sith centered that the things that do the non-Force adventure stuff, the galaxy-spanning, like kooky adventures of Han and Lando and that stuff. When yeah. those are done right, those are just as good as anything Jedi related. I, I would argue that the Jedi are probably best used when peppered in instead of yeah. full force. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it, the more we get of the Jedi, the more you see the seams in the ideas and the seams in the, 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 the mythology of it. You know what I mean? The, the Jedi are kind of like Vader in that sense, right? Right. The more lines and the more action you give them, the more you expose them to like weak things that 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 remove some of that mystery to them right or even doing stuff that seems out of character like i don't know replacing somebody's personality with something yeah you know i mean fucking hell jedi council (laughs) but you but i mean realistically that's that's where you end up the common stuff the the space wars part of the star wars thing is just as interesting to me yeah like like yeah. the the military part of it, the I, this is why I like cards so much is the like the military tactics of the whole thing, like how he basically plays chess with it, and like you said, he uses yeah. the art the art of whatever he's looking at or whatever yeah. whatever civilization he's using, like with the Nograi he uh, or Nograi or whatever however you call it, he kind of speaks their lingo, right? Like he talks about the uh, the one character's third son, right? Oh yeah, him. he uses their dialect, but then like. Yeah that eventually ends up kind of getting turned around on them later in that arc. Like he's, he's using that to his advantage. Like none of this is wasted on him. Like he, he uses every little piece of it. Speaking of Thrawn again, the outbound flight, well not Thrawn, but this is Jedi actually not speaking of Thrawn. Speaking of Jedi again, they mention outbound flight, the outbound flight project, which they're going to have a novel of, um, in and of itself, Timothy Zahn's going to write a novel, Outbound Flight. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That, it's, oh, uh, cool. I ha- haven't read it yet either, but it's all about that doomed mission. That mission. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mr. Zahn, I eagerly await that because... Yeah. It's already like out. The, it's, it's, oh, Mr. Zahn, yeah. well done. Thank you yeah, for <laughs> Mr. Zahn, I should have paid you already for the work you did. <laughs> we could do just this whole podcast just on Tim Zahn's work. Sorry, I Timothy mean, Zahn's work. T- we call him Timmy. Timmy. Those who know Tim him Tim. call him Timmy. Call him Timmy Tim Tim. 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 Tim Tim. Timmy Tim Tim. Timmy Z. Hey, hey, Timmy Z, hit us up afterward. We'll get you on as a guest sometime. <laughs> I will literally shit as, myself. If he comes as, on. as though he doesn't get a thousand podcast requests a day. Right, right. From Star Wars podcasts. A right? day. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the only other thing, the only other thing I wanted to throw at you or talk about with you here is did at the time of the writing of this in 1991 or 1990 when this was written yeah right about right about that time did did the sith exist as a concept yet yes and no from what i what i remember and what i've been able to gather the sith the sith had been mentioned only in the adaptations of the original trilogy in reference to darth vader the dark lord of the sith that's the only only mention of that there hasn't been there hadn't been a whole lot of exposition regarding the sith and what they are and what it means to be a sith or any of that so we still have dark jedi by the time this book is being written you know dark jedi was like the thing like but and even in even in the original star wars they don't reference the Sith. They reference Jedi. They reference the Jedi, right? And they mention that Vader is the last of the Jedi. Like one of the guys says, "You, my friend, are." Oh, it's Tarkin. He says, "You, my friend, are the only are the only of one that, that ex- dying, left or that of your yeah religion, that religion." Yeah. yeah, I don't think Sith existed as a concept other than a word in an adaptation. Okay. Why do you ask? No, I just it, I was trying to think about it because. Like from from here on out, after Zahn, mm-hmm. after the Thrawn trilogy, it's like fucking twenty four seven Sith, yeah. right? Because yep. then you get to the Jedi Academy stuff, and then you're off to the races, and everything is Sith. Like everybody you yeah. pass in the street might become a Dark Lord of the Sith. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? There's, it's, I mean, in the in the later Legends novels, there's like four different Dark Lords of the Sith, right? At various times too. So it's just right. There's so it like it. The Sith concept eats the world essentially once it becomes a thing. Right, right. You know, right. I, so I just was curious. I didn't know how huh. that worked out there. I kind of like the Dark Jedi concept more than the Sith thing. I kind of do too. Well, and since the even 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 the adaptation or even the even the Kevin J. Anderson comics, like the Sith exist as a Force thing because mm-hmm. Jedi broke off from the Jedi and became that. Right. You know what I mean? well, there's a race of the people. Planet. There's yeah. a race of people, but the the dark the dark side Force using part of that mm-hmm. is Jedi who broke off from the Jedi. Right. And did the did their you know that bad juju, yeah the bad juju, juju. <laughs> bad dark side juju. So I only have one other thing, and I wanted to talk about cloning a little bit. Oh yeah, the the so it seems like with this when when you're looking at like this like uh, Luke's talking about a couple of some cylinder things or something Sparty cylinders yeah Sparty cylinders that's what it is yeah and he's like he mentions like just kind of casually like, well, they got them. I guess they're cloning again. And it's like, wait, is cloning just that regular? Is cloning just that common? Yeah, like, because see, this is, yeah. If it was, why weren't, why, why did the empire stop cloning? I know. That's the thing is that like, I think, is it, is it explained later that, oh no, it's because, no, I think it's like, if you clone force people, that's bad. Right. They go mad or whatever, right? Well, we'll, we'll see that later. We'll yeah. see that later. Yeah, I, re- I do remember that. Yeah. But th- that's a great question because why, like, if it was working out so well and you're evil anyway, like, why not just keep doing it? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what's stopping you? What's stopping you from Yeah. The, so, like, was there a sense that these Sparty cylinders were not easy to, like, replicate or reproduce? It seemed like it seemed was. Like it seemed like it was, but but knowing what we know now about the like the, that the Kaminoans were the ones that created the clone army and all that. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. why not just why not just hire them to make? You know, I know, like hire them, do it again. I think part of it part of it is, and I mean, you know this, but part of this is like the Clone Wars at that point in 1990, 1991. Yeah. The Clone Wars is a giant question mark. Nobody knows what that really is. Right. right. Except clones are somehow involved, probably, because it's called the Clone Wars. Right. But nobody really knows what it is by that point, you know? I don't mm-hmm. think any of the material until then, or even after that, until Attack of the Clones actually cracked open the Clone Wars themselves. And talk, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, the more I think about it too, the less I like the idea that the clone wars are the clone wars are named after the fact that clones were fighting in them because it could have just as easily been the droid wars then. Yeah. I, the when I when I read these books and they were talking about clone wars and cloning and how it was like, oh, you know, you probably shouldn't do that or people go mad and blah blah blah. Like I thought that the clone wars would be a war about whether or not people should be getting cloned. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like that makes more sense to me. Like, yeah, there's a moral in, high ground to stand on there. In my, know? in my head, in my head, when Obi-Wan Kenobi mentions the clone wars mm-hmm. in, in a new hope, I was filled with like, what could that be? Right. You know, I thought about that. And like having a bunch of clones fight in the war was that the last thing on my mind, I know. <laughs> you know, like, even though I knew yeah. that was what clones were, what I hoped what that meant was something more mysterious or ominous rather than just, yeah, yeah the Republic bought a million clones from these guys <laughs> and used them in the war. That's the and they sent them off to fight. What? Yeah. yeah. That's the Clone Wars. So, so let me ask you this. There's a lot of people out there who say that this is their episode seven, eight, and nine. If we could extract the last Jedi from this, would you wipe out the sequel trilogy and film and put in yes. and install this. Yeah. Yes. I would too. In a heartbeat. 100%. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Heartbeat. If there were some like, way to take like the storyline of the last Jedi man. and give that to, you know, give that a, a, a separate like fleshed out story on its own. Maybe it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and like then preserve the last Jedi as, yeah. I, I was thinking about the last Jedi 
at some point today or yesterday or something like that, mm-hmm. as I was thinking about prepping for this, this show, and I was like, you know, it, for me, The Last Jedi, the, the greatness that I find in that is almost the greatness is not so much, I mean, it is like I enjoyed watching the film. The, the part of the greatness that, that could be extracted and put other, in other ways of The Last Jedi is not so much exactly what goes down in it, but that The Last Jedi is aspirational for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. The Last Jedi is aspirational for like, let's, let's move this into a new manner of storytelling and let's move this into more meaning making in more ways. And let's move yes. this, like, let's like take this and go into the future and not just like walk the same tracks we've been walking, you know? Yeah. So that, that's, that sensibility mm-hmm. doesn't have to be with the story that happened in the last Jedi. Yeah. You can, you can, you can apply that sensibility to other things. Right. True. So, yeah, so, true. so whether we take the story or not, I mean, the story is great. I would take it anyway. Yeah. But, but that sensibility of like extracting the, the ideas that were the greatest in the last Jedi and then mixing that with Timothy Zahn's amazing story weaving abilities fucking forget about it forget about it i, know. I take I know. that over force awakens and return or rise of skywalker any day oh hell yeah. any day there's so much to what the original expanded universe was like so many different things involved like all the old dark horse comics all the old novels the games right this, this trilogy of novels takes place five years after return of the jedi right so everybody's mm-hmm. still young you couldn't possibly film this now unless you recast everyone yeah but what it does give you is within this legends timeline, you know, a thousand years later, you're going to have the great, great descendants of the Skywalkers that are involved in the star Wars legacy series from dark. Wars. Yeah. You're going to have Jason and Jaina and, and uh, uh, Jason and Jaina solo and uh, Anakin Skywalker, the second. Yeah. Um, who are going to be, big players in these novels later on. You know? Yeah. Like reading this again makes me want to go back and like dive back into full time, the novels of the, ex- the original expanded universe. Just, I remember reading all of the, I mean, as a kid, every time a kid, when I was like late teenager, early twenties. So basically a kid compared to a what child, I know, a child, a childish person, but every, every book that came out, I grabbed it and I just, I ate it basically, you know, I just like sat oh, there really? and I read, I read everything that came out. And, and of course I don't remember any of it now because 20 years and however many beers later, I don't remember <laughs> half the shit I used to remember, but, but I want to go back and look at that stuff again. I yeah. want to go back and read yeah. that stuff, you know? Yeah. Anyway, enough from music. Shit, I, I think, I think this should be firmly entrenched in our headcanon as the sequels. I keep, if they're going to keep doing this stuff where they're pulling in these other characters, they could, I think they should bring in Mara Jade. I think there's a strong case for great character. Fantastic character. character. Yeah. You know, I mean, especially with comic books nowadays, you could, you don't have to have Mark Hamill be young to be able to mate her with him or whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, they don't have to get married. You know, they could, she could be, she's an interesting character without being married to Luke Skywalker. Yeah, exactly. Long before she was married to him, she was an interesting character next up if we don't have anything else we could probably do the wrap up huh? yeah let's let's wrap this shit up baby wrap it up put a bow on it we're gonna so, do uh yeah last next command up, next right next up is the comic adaptation of the next no- novel the last command the last command but hopefully it's, republic hopefully it's not our last podcast i doubt it it won't I be i'm just it. saying like i'm just going with the last thing there unless yeah. one of us meets an untimely end and who knows with all the fucking noises I hear in my house, who knows? Um, Maybe. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh man. I hope when I die, I hope that like when I die, I hope they have music like that. <laughs> Dude, when you come to my funeral, will you get like that? Dun, dun, dun. Will you put that in? Like, <laughs> like give a speech, like do a, like a eulogy for me. Yeah. But then like have like your iPod or something there. Or and I'll, fucking, I'll do like a reveal, like a, right? Of some, yeah. some factoid yes. about you. you but what like, none of us dun, knew dun, dun. was that rich, Jerked off dogs every day. Dun dun dun. You know. <laughs> Only tell the bad shit too. Don't ever. Yeah, don't don't tell no, any of the good stuff. I don't the want the good shit. stuff out yeah. there. Just the bad shit. I don't want like. Don't be like. 
they'll be like rich was a great guy everybody he loved him because so like, kind to animals and, <laughs> well they, no. like the kind of animals thing sure but like <laughs> but like 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 nope not there's not a lot of people that like me i'm not that you know like there's people that like <laughs> most people hate me they're probably glad he's dead i'm glad he's dead fuck him give a real you like kick the casket over like and your <laughs> your corpse rolls out you know or whatever <laughs> Just spit on it. <laughs> you fucking They're kicking dick. me. And shit. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Fucking edited out my favorite part. Bastard. But then I turn on its head and be like, you son of a bitch. I loved you so much. Or whatever. <laughs> Everybody in the, in the, in the crowd. In the, like, be like, oh my God, what is happening? What <laughs> the fuck is going on here? That would be what, be, just make it the most epic, like, like final moment in of of me being above ground right like just just make it like make it something that people are going to be talking about for 40 years <laughs> like later like people will be like you you remember your grandpa right oh well, well let me tell you about this time his friend paul made a eulogy at his funeral and really really kind of shit did some crazy shit that <laughs> he ended up fighting the police yeah, it's very strange. Put the body back in the casket and then kicked it into the into the hole. You know, yeah, yeah. You roll the body back in the casket, <laughs> set it all back up, and then kick it back over. <laughs> kick yeah. it in the hole. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Who oh, is this God. guy again? Be like, you know, introduce yourself as I didn't really know Rich, but I'm going to eulogize him. He asked me to eulogize. Him. <laughs> he paid me twenty bucks to he use eulogy. <laughs> All right, so, so that's next a, weekend? That's an episode then. That's yeah, next weekend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. <laughs> um, what a well-produced podcast by Rich and Paul. <laughs> we need to have like a, that's a Rich and Paul joint thing. <laughs> you know, like where they like freeze frame at the end of like the Family Ties episode. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Great Disturbances. If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a review on iTunes, Podbean, or any of your favorite podcast apps. You can find us on Facebook by searching for at Great Disturbances and on Twitter at G Disturbances. See you later! <laughs>